Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning. How are you this morning? I said, how are you this morning? There you go from the front to the back. You look good. Whenever they turn the lights on up here, it's almost like you get caught in the pantry at 2 a.m. eating cookies. And somebody turns, you're almost like, what in the world am I supposed to do? I only ate two cookies, two sleeves of cookies. (laughs) We're all the two sleeve of cookie people. Where y'all at? There you go. Tell the truth. There you go. The Lord's working on us. Last week, Pastor Daniel confessed to eating Cheetos. This week is cookies, all right? Listen, I'm excited I get a chance to share with you guys today. Pastor Daniel, he is resting today. How, do we have an amazing pastor or what? Come on. He's going to hear this on the podcast. Let him hear you. 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 Pastor Janelle is in the building today. Y'all make some noise. So I get a chance to preach on Transformation Sunday. The moment where it's, people are going to go in water is like dead to sin, alive in Christ. Now, I want to get really excited because that's just naturally who I am. If you're sitting in the front row, I do have a gap. I'll probably spit on you a little bit. It's okay. Today is all about baptisms. It's okay. Today will be a little captivating. But I want to kind of start the conversation thinking about this. There is a public declaration of faith that happens when you get baptized. When you go in the water for transformation, all of the world is watching. In the Bible, when they would baptize you, it would be in the place where everyone could see you. Can you imagine your cousin who you knew was definitely not going to make it to heaven one day going in the water? And you're like, when did Cousin Jimmy Lou meet Jesus? But Cousin Jimmy Lou went in the water and came out. And in that moment, it was basically him posting on social media, Jesus has changed my entire life. The moment someone goes in the water for baptism, it's their moment to say, Jesus, Jesus has changed my entire life. Somebody is showing up today going into baptism saying, Jesus has changed my entire life. Is there anybody in here today who says Jesus has changed my entire life? There's a scripture, uh, Psalm 107, 2 through 3 says this. It says, so go ahead. Let everyone know it. Tell the whole world how he broke through and delivered you from the power of darkness and gathered us together from all over the world. He has set us free to be his very own. If we took a poll, we'd find so many people from all over the globe sitting in this building right now. We have East Coast, West Coast, down South, up North, other countries, uh, cousins, in-laws, outlaws, everybody's here today. You'd find that God put together a masterpiece just to get you to sit in this chair today. You're not here by accident. You're totally here with an intentional God who had an intentional plan about your intentional life. I don't care how your parents made you or what the circumstances. You are absolutely intentional. 
an intentional God looked at you and said, let's gather them all together to be their very own. Now, I grew up in the old church, so let me read this scripture in a way that I really realized. Psalm 107, 2 through 3. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now, I grew up in a church that when they would say, let the redeemed of the Lord, I mean the piano would get louder, the drums would get going. Do y'all remember the tambourines from last week? Did y'all like the tambourine? We had them tambourines. People was like, I didn't know we had praise dancers. When we get praise dancers, the tambourines would get to go. Why? Because there was something about let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I didn't realize till later until I read another translation, that that let the redeemed of the Lord say so wasn't just say so. It was let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. That say so means tell your story. There is a story sitting on the inside of you that the moment you said yes to Jesus, God wanted to amplify the volume of your story. And you think it's a raggedy story. You think it's just a leftover story. But I got news for you. I said this someplace else. If God could put leftovers in empanada and make food, imagine what he can do with your leftovers when he puts it in the hand of Christ. So, so, so your story is not a leftover story. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their what? Say it again. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their what? The last part of that scripture says, who has redeemed him from the hand of the enemy. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been through some moments in life where I felt like I was in the hand of the enemy. You can feel the walls caving in. You can feel the disappointment sinking in. You can hear the voices. I don't know if you ever heard the voices. You can hear the voices saying, this is all you'll ever be. It's all over from now. Womp, womp, womp. You can hear the violin. You can hear the echoes of the past. You can hear silence of the future. And it seems like you're stuck in the moment. And that word hand actually interprets to a word called hindrance. Paul actually talks about it in 1 Thessalonians. I won't read the scripture, but he says this thing. He says that the hindrance is like a broken road. It's like a road that is no longer there. It's like the road used to be there. It's like you're traveling along this road and all of a sudden something happens and the road is gone. You know this is your destination, but this is where you are and all of a sudden a hindrance happened. How am I going to get from point A to point B, God? It's Transformation Sunday. How am I going to get to the place that I know you called me to? I've listened to the messages. We're talking about faith forward. How am I going to get from faith forward if this road is here and my destination is there, but there is a hindrance in the middle? This is why transformation is vital, because there are certain things that you can't do, but you need the hand of the Lord to step into your life and to do something supernatural because the hindrance is in the way. There are moments for us that that hindrance seems like you can't overcome it. All over the globe last week, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. Wasn't that a cool thing? We're all talking about it. We're talking about the moment, and we preached it. The stone was rolled away, and Jesus came, and then the grave was empty. Anybody remember that? The grave was empty. We have a video. Watch this, watch this. The stone being rolled. Isn't that majestic? And there's no one inside of the tomb. The tension, though, is that though there's no one inside of the tomb, we prefer to remember Jesus as this other video. Not an empty tomb, but we want to stay here in the sobriety of the moment. 
The story of Jesus is not the gospel if we leave him on the cross. The story of the cross is the fact of this, is that he has to come off of the cross, go into the grave, overcome the grave, and come out with resurrection and says, now you do it. How do we overcome the hindrance, the broken road, the broken road? You can't just ease on down, ease on down the road. You can't just ease on down, ease on. Don't you carry nothing that might be a, no, no, no. Sometimes it's not that easy. The disciples at the moment of Jesus, the days after, the man they'd followed, they saw him crucified. They saw him beat. They saw him hang his head. They saw him die. And the men they followed disappointed them. There are moments inside of your transformation story where the hurdle that you have to walk through is the hurdle of disappointment. Have you ever been disappointed by life? Have you ever been disappointed by people? Have you ever been disappointed by what you thought God didn't come through on? But I know you said you were going to come through. Have you ever walked through disappointment? The disciples, after Jesus died, if it were this week, Jesus is helping them to confront their own disappointments. Why? Because disappointment is a thing. Disappointment makes us look at something that God wants to use and say it's dead. Sometimes it's us. God wants to use us. And we say, God, you can't use me. I'm dead. And God is saying, I know, but I want to bring you back to life. Here's the proof. Good Friday. Who was here Good Friday? Good Friday. Good Friday was a good service. Y'all saw the worship team come out. And right before three, two, one, the worship team comes out. And they're standing here. And we get this message in our ears from the booth. Y'all don't know the booth can talk to us in our ears. And we can hear them. They only say holy things to us while we're leading worship. We promise, okay? We get a message in our, in our ears. It says, tell Vicky, turn her mic on. Well, they don't know she's no longer called Vicky. She's called Victoria. So we ignored it. Okay? I got you, girl. So they said, tell Vicky to turn her mic on. The whole worship team was like, mm-mm. Hey, tell Victoria to turn her mic on. We're like, mm-mm. Tell Victoria, turn her mic on. And we're like, mm-mm-mm. What they didn't know is that Victoria's mic was actually on, but we were having technical difficulty. The booth looks at us one more time, and they said, tell Victoria, turn her mic on. And Victoria's smiling and worshiping, and as opposed to being disappointed and walking away, she does the only thing she knows how to do. She lifts up her microphone a little bit higher in the middle of worship so they can see this actually needs to be fixed. There's something on the inside of you that heaven's been echoing in your ear that says, I actually want to use that thing. And you've been looking at it saying, heaven, it's broken. I don't know what you can do with it. And you've been walking away in disappointment. But God is saying, if you just be like Victoria and hold that thing a little bit higher in the midst of worship, I actually want to use that thing. Victoria, she, she, she held her mic up, right? She held her mic up. And Jess, I don't know if y'all know Jess. We call her Jess the best because she's the best. Just the best comes running through here because she works out every day and does cardio. She comes running through here. Victoria has that mic lifted up high. Just grabs that mic and runs off and goes to the back. And when Jess gets back there, I said, Jess, what was wrong? She said, the only problem 
was that the batteries needed to be changed. Victoria had the mic on. The mic was able to work. But the batteries need to be changed. Many of you have walked in here today because God has spoken something in your life. And it's time for you to hold it up high. And when you hold it up high, heaven is looking to change the batteries on your expectation. To change the batteries on your marriage. To change the batteries on your call. To change the batteries on your personal time. Maybe some of us should be like Victoria and just... Is a whatever they said. <laughs> Somebody's like, them ain't the words. <laughs> you don't know them either. She could have walked away in disappointment, but she stayed because she had an assignment. There are moments when you have to choose greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. My assignment is bigger than my letdown. My assignment is bigger than the disappointment. I got a few things about disappointment I want to read to you. Disappointment happens in a second, but keeps you for a season. Disappointment happens in a second. That moment disappointed you. But you stayed there so long that it became the entirety of your life. It is a terrible thing when a trauma becomes your trademark. You have to fight through the fact that the trauma that happened to you cannot define the totality of you. Because if something becomes your trademark, then people will experience your downfall before they experience who you are. The devil is a lie. God built you to be an overcomer. And maybe you're like that microphone who needs your battery changed. All she had to do was surrender the microphone. And somebody else said, I'll help you change the battery. Just do it. Disappointment is always an attack on your hope and your heart. Have you ever struggled to hope? Maybe that's disappointment trying to choke it out. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Many of us have not been able to hope for a long time because disappointment has been choking out the breath of your hope. What about your heart? How's your heart doing this morning? How's your heart feel? It's transformation. This is a great day for a transformed heart. This is a great day for a transformed life. This is a great church for transformation. We have everything you need in this church. And what we don't have, we're willing to try to birth it for you. Why? Because this house believes in transforming lives. But in order to transform the life, the church will say, we'll provide this. But then we have to say, and I'll show up and do it. There has to be something on the inside of us that says, I'm willing to show up and do it. You provide and I'll show up. But when I show up, I won't show up in silence. I'll show up with a say-so. Let the redeemed, let the purchased, let those who've given their life to God, let them say so. Why? By telling their story. Somebody in this city needs your story. The numbers said there are two million people in our city. The numbers say that only 250,000 people have ever heard the gospel. That means there's 1.7 million people in this city who've never heard the gospel. They're not waiting to hear Pastor Courtney. 
They're not waiting to hear Pastor Daniel. They're not waiting to hear Pastor Janelle. They're waiting to hear you. They're waiting to hear your story. They're waiting for your story at work. They're waiting for your story at Starbucks. They're waiting for your story at HEB. They're waiting for your story at July 4th. They're waiting for your story at Thanksgiving. They're not waiting for the church. They're waiting for us to be the church. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Disappointment will have you thinking, well, my, my, my story, you know, I'm still in the middle of my story. The fact that you woke up this morning means that God is doing something with your story. The Bible says, let everything that has breath, everybody inhale. You got a story. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Let's go here. Disappointment. Pastor Darius Daniel said this. Disappointment is death to expectation. Disappointment is a death to expectation. Many of us have learned to stop expecting because disappointment has taught us that only letdown will come. Well, I can protect myself if I don't expect anything. But God wants to do so much more with your story. Disappointment wants to use the experience of the past to assassinate the expectations of your future. And disappointment wants you to stay distracted. Distracted. I don't have to show up to church this week. I'll go hang out with my friends. You need this food. I don't have to show up to small group. I'll just skip three weeks. You need that crew. I don't have to get in my word. I'll just read something that's inspirational. You need the nutrition of heaven. I don't have to actually listen to the podcast. I don't have to listen to messages. You cannot survive off of adrenaline. Heaven is trying to touch your expectation. And the tension is that our adrenaline has been the driving force for our expectation. If adrenaline leads us, the assignment will fail. Because at some point, your motivation will be off. Let me give you these. These are for all the, all the nerds out there who are kind of like me. When you're disappointed, your body goes through this thing. This happens inside of your body. There are three things you lose at the moment disappointment hits. You lose serotonin, dopamine, and endorphins. Why, why, why serotonin? Serotonin affects your mood. Have you ever been disappointed and your mood was off? Your serotonin is leaving. Have you ever begun to be disappointed and then your dopamine is off? Your motivation is off. So now you've lost your mood. You've lost your motivation. And when your endorphins off, that's a natural painkiller. So now the disappointment is causing you to feel pain that you've never felt before. I will never forget in seventh grade when I had my heart broken. Ooh, she got me good. I'll never forget seventh grade. I got a good mama. She knew it was just puppy love, and my mama prayed in the spirit over me and sang songs of heaven. My mama can't sing a lick, but she was just trying. She was singing, I was just weeping my little seventh grade heart out. Because I know, oh, can you imagine me seventh grade, same gap, same size head, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Cutest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> there I was weeping. Y'all are too weak about that little joke about my head being the same size. I really wish you'd get focused. We're in church, guys. And so there I was. No one told me at that age, you're experiencing pain because your body is going through this transformation. Disappointment leads you through a transformation. 
The reason why you have to surrender to the Lord in the middle of disappointment is because disappointment wants to be like that road that keeps you from getting from point A to point B. Many of you gave your life to the Lord and you felt something, you saw something, but along the journey you begin to see that there is a road that I'm supposed to be on that looks like it is broken. Many of us have promises of God. You wrote them down in your journal. You've cried over them. You've prayed over them, but you stopped believing for them because life brought a hindrance and you said, how am I going to get to the nations if the road is broken? What if I tell you that heaven wants to restore the broken road? What if I told you heaven wants to restore the broken road of your promise? What if I told you heaven wants to restore prophetically the broken road of your marriages? I know there are marriages in this place that saw broken roads and you watch God restore it. Sometimes a broken road is the person who decides on Thursday life is not worth living but something happens on Friday and they're still breathing. The hindrance met a holy thing and God restored the broken road. When I think about that, I think about Jesus and I'll talk about this for a little bit. Jesus, when he got out of the grave, one of the things he spent most of his time doing was confronting disappointment in people. When I say confronting, don't think as in, oh, I'm going to confront you. No, no, no. He walked beside them and said, let's talk about your disappointment. How do I know? Because the first thing I want you to write in your notes is this, disappointment will make you hide. Disappointment will make you hide in plain sight. Who in here, has ever, have you ever seen the person, and maybe it's you, you're disappointed and you go dark on social media? You stop responding to planning center? No one can call you. You're not returning text messages or calls. You are just in the dark. You're not showing up for anything. Disappointment hits you, and for four days, nothing. Silence. Jesus finds the disciples in John 20 at the same place. It says this in John 20. That evening, Jesus just got out of the grave now, so this is like this moment. That evening, the disciples gathered together, and because they were afraid of retaliation, they were afraid of the retaliation of expecting. They were afraid of the retaliation of believing. And for many of us, that's where we are. We're sitting in the midst of disappointment that happened in a second but kept us for a season because we are afraid of the retaliation of belief. God, what if I believe and it fails? What if I get my expectation up and it doesn't work? But Jesus walks into that moment and he says from the Jewish leaders, and it says they had locked the doors. In other words, they were hiding. Because disappointment will make you hide. The worst thing about disappointment is disappointment will make you hide while standing in front of people and make you angry that nobody sees you. How come they can't see that I'm hurting? How come they can't see that I'm broken? Why can't they see that I'm off? Why can't they see? And mom, you keep showing up for those babies and they keep wanting more and more and more. Why can't anybody see me? Husband, why can't anybody see me? Kid, why can't anybody see me? Leader, why can't they see me? Why? Because disappointment has made you hide in plain sight and now anger sets in. Jesus, there's a locked door, but Jesus does not care about locked doors. Jesus is willing to walk through walls just to find you in disappointment. Jesus is willing. Jesus, can you imagine that? You're sitting there hiding in disappointment, and you're like, man, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. Let's just play Wordle all day. All right, so we're playing Wordle. Then all of a sudden, Jesus walks through the wall. Man, I thought the door was locked. Jesus is willing to walk through walls so you can walk through worlds. 
He's willing to walk through the wall. Jesus will walk through the layers. It's not just the walls. Let me bring it home. Jesus will walk through the layers of your disappointment. Jesus will walk through the layers of your expectations. Jesus will walk through the layers of your heart. Because for many of us, our heart has been so heavy because we no longer believe. And what if I told you that a magnificent Jesus is willing to walk through the layers of the wound just to find you? It says, but suddenly Jesus appeared among them and said, peace be to you. Peace. The one thing that you need to hear when you're sitting in the midst of a transformation Sunday, and perhaps there's some disappointment sitting on you, you need to feel the presence of the Lord say, peace, you can rest. That's what you felt in worship. Uh, I believe in signs and wonders. Peace. Peace. That's why when many of us come here, we feel so good up until about 3 o'clock because we have that peace be with you. Peace be with you. But that peace is not, it doesn't have to be something that sits on you. That peace can be something that you release from the inside because heaven is not just sitting on you. Heaven is actually on the inside of you. But we have to activate it. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. The Bible says let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Why is it important for me to say something? It's important for me to say something because faith cometh by hearing. We want to throw in the towel sometimes because faith cometh by hearing, but we don't often hear our own voice. We hear Pastor Daniel's voice. You hear Pastor Janelle's voice. You hear Pastor Courtney's voice. You hear someone else's voice. You hear your grandmother's voice. You hear your uncle who was saved. But the tension is the problem is when we turn a guide into a God. We are simply guides. But at some point, you got to lift your voice. Let me do me a favor. Everybody here say amen. amen. Oh, you just activated some faith. You feel the same. You feel like you're not being transformed, but you literally just activated faith. How do I know? Because the Bible says faith cometh by hearing. You just activated. Then it says this. Then he showed, but suddenly Jesus appeared among them and said, peace to you. Then he showed them the wounds of his hands and his side. I love this because there are moments when my disappointment has been off, I thought I wanted answers when Jesus really wanted to show me evidence. Sometimes the evidence is the answer. I wanted an explanation. He wanted to give me demonstration. I wanted an explanation. Listen, I, I, I may have told this story here before, but I went 18 years without talking to my father. 18 years, 18 years, 18 years. Okay, never mind. Come back, come back, come back, come back. Woo, this church, we got to get saved, y'all. We, I mean, we for real got to get saved. All right, Pastor Henry, like for real. Get the oil up here. 18 years, I didn't talk to him because, I, I, listen, I had the right to be offended by something. He literally offended me for years. And I kept saying, oh, you just keep one-upping yourself. Every time you do a last offense, you do a new thing? Whoa, you're really good at this. Then one day I'm doing an altar call, and I hear the Lord speaking in my ear like they spoke to Vicky in our ear. And heaven says... If your father came to this altar right now, what would you do? I said, I'd introduce him to Jesus. He said, then why don't you go take Jesus to him? I said, well, I don't have to because he's the dad. He offended me and he's done me wrong my entire life. And he said, I didn't ask you to be right. I asked you to be righteous. I had to begin to walk through the layers of disappointment to go and find a man I barely knew because heaven had an assignment. And when he passed last year, 
Man, when I saw him two years ago, I thought I wanted answers. But all I needed was evidence when he hugged me. God can heal your heart to the place that what you think you want answers for, you just need evidence for. And that same man that had scarred me, hugged me, and it's not that he had changed, it's that I had changed. You've been waiting for the people to change, and God wants to change you. It is time for you to walk in the evidence while you're searching for the answers. When he took his last breath, I can't believe it. I was the one that they called. Out of all my siblings, Mr. Beard, they say you're the one to call. Looked at my brother and sister, thanks a lot. <laughs> I said, put the TV on Bonanza, because he loves Westerns. Put it on Rawhide, because he loves everybody here who's 30. I'm like, what's Bonanza? Bonanza. <laughs> put it on some Westerns. And when he took his last breath, I was there able to pray with him over the phone after I visited him. Why? Because heaven was able to heal me beyond disappointment. While I was no longer keeping score, I was walking out an assignment. Jesus came to the disciples and said, look at these wounds. Look at these hands. People are looking for evidence. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. You've been waiting for you to get all cleaned up when people just need evidence. Remember when I used to go off every three months? I haven't gone off in six months. Look at the evidence. Remember me and my wife used to fuss? Look at the evidence. Me and my husband? Look at the evidence. My kids used to be crazy? They're still crazy, but not as crazy. Look at the evidence. Remember I had forgiveness issues? Look at the evidence. Remember I had rejection? Look at the evidence. Remember 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 look at the evidence heaven is looking to walk through walls to reach you where the evidence is let's keep going let's bring this on home and then he showed them the wounds of his hands and his side and they were overjoyed to see the lord they were overjoyed. I pray that this week you begin to have an overjoyed moment. We will not be a church that leaves overjoyed just for a Stevie Wonder song. Overjoyed? No, we're going to live some overjoyed. Overjoyed means that my joy is overflowing. And there are moments we wait for joy to come on us. No, you need to release the joy. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Let's put some seed in the ground right quick. I want to take up an offering for smiles real quick. I want you just to give a smile offering. Everybody, on the count of three, here we go. Just smile. One, two. Y'all are so silly. <laughs> Y'all laughing already. Y'all laughing. Here we go. One, two, three. Just smile. There you go. Some of you haven't smiled all week. That is the, that's the joy of the Lord. Let me tell you this. If you're waiting for something to make you smile, you'll be waiting for a long time. You have to choose joy in moments. You have to choose to smile when there's no reason to smile. Why? Because you have to overthrow the enemy inside of the enemy. Let's bring it home because we have some people to put in the water. Jesus, <laughs> they were overjoyed. <laughs> Somebody's going to slip us a note. Hold my husband under a few more seconds. <laughs> We don't do that, but we will for $10. <laughs> we got youth we're trying to raise, guys. They were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Jesus repeated his greeting. Peace 
be to you. Jesus, why are you repeating the story twice? Why are you saying peace be unto you twice? Because peace in the moment that you feel Jesus walk through the wall is everything. But you'll need to hear peace again when you hit Wednesday. You'll need to hear peace again when you hit Thursday. And you're no longer standing in the moment that impacted you. You're standing in the moment where you have to rely on what you remember. There are moments that when you don't feel your reality is expecting, you got to remember when you were expecting and go back to that moment and work from there. He says, uh, peace be unto you. And he told them, just as the father has sent me, I'm now sending you. Then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and they received the Holy Spirit. He knew the only way you're going to walk out the distance of this journey beyond your disappointment is that the one that I have called the helper, the one that I've called the comforter, the one who I've called and said he is going to come into this world and live on the inside of you. So when it says greater things shall you do than I did, it's not just you doing it. It's you activating Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. And many of you that have said yes to Jesus, Holy Spirit is already activated on the inside of you. He's breathed the breath of life on you. Now it's time to say tag you're it and you're in the game and release it. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Let the redeemed of the Lord. Ben y'all can come on up we're about to bring it home here. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. How do you tell your story? You don't wait for your story to be over. You find Jesus in the midst of the conflict. You find Jesus in the midst of the chaos. And you think it's a small testimony that you're still standing because it doesn't look like you're overcoming. Sometimes simply standing is the overcoming. Sometimes the fact that you just woke up is the overcoming. Because Jesus began to walk through the moments of disappointment. I believe that inside of your story that you're holding on to, that you got to release is the key to somebody's destiny. Ten people are getting baptized today. Ten people are being commissioned to tell their story. They're demonstrating their story by being baptized, but they're being commissioned to tell their story. And when they go and tell their story, I believe that somebody will receive the key of life and their eyes will look at Jesus differently because they heard you tell your story. That's actually called charismatic theology. It is when you are living the story of Jesus. People, they don't have to read yet because they can see him on you. And when they see him on you, they begin to experience the Jesus that you're talking about. Why? Because you are holding the key. Who in here remembers the Titanic? You remember the movie Titanic, Leo? Remember the end there, leaning on the thing like that, just leaning in? The song? Was it Celine Dion who did did this? Oh, man. Celine Dion became famous for that song. I, I was reading something about the Titanic, right? And they were talking about how incredible, you know, the Titanic was supposed to never sink. This is indestructible. I, I can imagine a commercial for this. Come see this ship is indestructible. There was a guy they sent to work on the boat. His name was David Blair. David Blair worked on this Titanic, Ryan. He worked on it for so long. David Blair's job was to actually take the Titanic on some trial runs. David Blair was so good. Let me tell you what his position was. His job was, he was actually called the second officer. David Blair took the Titanic out on some trial runs. He brought it back, took it out on another trial run, brought it back, took it out on a third trial run. 
and brought it back. He would sit up in the crow's nest and he would say, this thing is ready to go. It's fast enough. It's indestructible. Nothing can happen. And all of a sudden, he was supposed to go out on the first run with the actual, when they took, got people on, they went out. Remember, the band went down with the music and all that stuff. David Blair. But they called him and they said, hey, David, that boat's working pretty good, right? He said, yeah. They said, why don't you come over here and start working on this next boat? So David, on April 9th, 1912, left the Titanic because it was all working right. We all know that on April 15th, the Titanic sank. I don't understand. David took it out and it worked, but then it ended up sinking. David didn't realize when he left the boat, one of the most vital things to the Titanic running was still in his possession. The boat began to sink because they couldn't see the iceberg ahead because inside of the crow's nest there is a locked box with the binoculars in it and David had the key to the box where the binoculars were in his pocket when he left the boat so when they were out on their voyage he couldn't even get the captain to see it because there was no way he can get to the binoculars because there was no key for it can you imagine being the person who somebody is on the Titanic of life and you have the key to their vision and the key to their destiny and the key to their story inside of your pocket and you don't release it. But I've been divorced. Release it. I've lost family members. Release it. I'm still battling this. Release it. I haven't overcome yet. Find Jesus. Release it. I dropped out of school. Release it. You have to release beyond your disappointments because the key to the destiny of a person who needs you, there are 1.7 million people in San Antonio and I'm determined we're going to do our part because everyone in here has a story. Let the redeemed, don't leave me out here, say it with me. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their Stand on your feet with us. Father, I thank you that today you've come to talk to us about what you want to do in us after resurrection. Not only have you walked through the disappointments of moments, but Father, You've walked through places and spaces that we thought there's no way on earth you'll walk through the layers of this. But Father, you're totally walking through the layers. You're here today and you said, Pastor Courtney, and every head is bowed and eye closed. I don't want you to feel out there. You said, Pastor Courtney, I know there are some disappointments in my world that I need Holy Spirit to keep walking through. And I'm willing to lean in. If that's you, this is your moment. You don't have to leave it up long, but I want you just to throw it up in the air as an act of faith. Just throw it up. Put it up high. Come on. There you go. I see it. Woo. There you go. Hands everywhere. I see that. And I just want to pray over that because the very same God that raised Jesus from the dead, it's the same God that lives on the inside of you. And I want to pray right now in Jesus' name. Father.
by the power of your spirit. I thank you, God, that you are absolutely here. And Father, the very same God that raised Jesus from the dead is walking through the frailties of our disappointment. He's walking through the frailties of who we are. He's walking through the weaker parts of our story and launching us into the deep of strength. So Lord, on this Transformation Sunday, I'm saying go beyond the people that are just going in the water. But Father, go inside in my heart and begin to transform me. I give you my life. If Victoria can lift up a microphone, I'm lifting up my heart. If Victoria can lift up her mic, I'm lifting up my hope. If Victoria can lift up her mic, I'm lifting up this whole heart of mine because I believe transformation is in my future because the same God, somebody say the same God. The same God, say it again, lives on the inside of me. Come on, give God some praise. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.